Welcome to PlayEDH Radio 903.1, a podcast brought to you by the PlayEDH Discord server, the world's biggest webcam Magic the Gathering community. In our episodes, we'll discuss new sets, deck building strategies, and much, much more in the world of Magic the Gathering. You can find past episodes, articles about Commander, a link to our Discord, and our Patreon on playdh.com. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Thanks for listening to PlayDH Radio 903.1. I'm your host, Necro, and as always, with me today are my two wonderful co-hosts, uh, Sidelio. Hey, everyone. Happy to be here once again, and joining us as well, Duke. Hey, I'm Duke, and today's episode is sponsored by Angelo's Halo-infused glitter paint. It's not for the faint of art. <laughs> That's fantastic, man. We're... Oh, the so... show's getting more and more, more and more popular each plane we go to. More, we got, we, we got uh, sponsorships out the wazoo. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep us going somehow. Right. Um, I did want to briefly mention to the listeners out there, if I sound worse for wear, um, I'm going to talk a little bit slower and a little bit deeper probably because I am in the middle of a really bad allergy attack. So I've got, my allergies are just going nuts and I don't feel too great, but I'm here. We're going to talk about some cards, and hopefully that'll make me feel better. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. We told you to lay off the halo. Right. <laughs> I had a really rough night with the uh, with the definitely not drugs halo. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, kind of the format for this, we're, we're talking today about the Streets of New Capenna Commander Precon cards. Specifically cards from the Precon decks and also... Um, a couple of the set booster exclusive cards that aren't in the main set and also aren't in the commander decks. Um, we're only going to hit on a few cards from each deck, mainly the base commanders and then like one or two other cards that we kind of like from the decks, just because there's a ton of cards to talk about. We, you know, we're not trying to go on for an hour and a half about cards that most people have probably already looked at. We just kind of want to give you guys our opinion on what the cards and the pre-cons that you know, we like. So, um, without further ado, Sidelio, if you want to, um, get it, get it rocking and rolling with the first deck here. Oh yeah, let's go. So the first deck, Bedecked Brokers, is, the face commander here is Perry the Polarizer, uh, band mana, four mana, uh, three, three, and when it enters, put the shield counter on target creature. As a reminder, uh, we did cover the shield mechanic, or rather the shield counter mechanic, so, uh, the creature that has it, if it would be dealt damage or destroyed, you remove a shield counter from it instead, so a layer of protection. And whenever Perry attacks, target creature you control gains trample and gets plus x plus x until the end of turn, where x is the number of different kinds of counters among permanents you control. So, counter keyword soup, this rhino is gonna make your creature swinging. It's an, it's an alright design, I think. What do you think, Duke? It's not even just keywords. Any sort of counter applies. So even sagas, for instance, it's pers- like minus one plus one. There's just a lot of potential that Perry can get in terms of the deck, but a lot of decks may not want those weird counters. So it's a sort of balancing act to, to pull off. Yeah, Perry yeah. as a creature, I think, is honestly pretty cool. It's a yeah. it's counter soup. Um, I, I have to say right. real quick a lot of people at least for Perry I've, I've seen a lot of people being kind of like medium on it or like not a fan because it's like it's only plus for counters and like how many counters are there really at least within the broker precon there's a ridiculous amount of counters so like he can get pretty big pretty fast so like just take that into consideration there's a lot of counters to be considered um, good catch yeah. good catch so, uh, Duke, why don't you go over the next card? Okay, I'm going to go over slightly out of order, but it's one of my personal picks for the entire pre-con series of cards. Denry Klin, Editor-in-Chief. 2-2, Legendary Cat Advisor. When it enters the battlefield, it gets a choice of plus one plus one, first strike, or vigilance counter on it. When a non-token creature you control enters the battlefield, if Denry has counters on it, put the same number and kind of counters on that creature. Spicy. So it's a it's a counter lord, it's an anthem. If you have a plus one plus one counter, any non-token creature you enter with the battlefield gets that counter as well. Yeah. Spoilers! I'm brewing this for a modular. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I, 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 I love it. Sorius modular. I get all the artifact stuff for once. But... Again, there's a lot of there's 
not especially that many different keyword counters that Azorius can get, but it has access to things like Double Strike and Flying Counters. Yeah. Pretty potent for a go wide deck. Yeah, he seems pretty sweet. What do you think, Necker? He seems pretty sweet. Um, I know a, a lot of there's a few people I've talked to around on the server that that are pretty big fans of Denry, and um, I have to agree, he's he's pretty cool. Like a counter lord of sorts is it's a neat design space for sure and um i'm excited to see what people do with it how about you lead us off with the last legendary creature in the deck Necro? yeah so this is going to be the um the alternate commander so perry is the face commander denry clan it doesn't have a green so you can't like put it into the you know into the the helm slot and just run with the deck this is the other alternate commander this is uh kroos Defense Contractor, 4 mana, 2-4 Cat Advisor. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a shield counter on target creature and opponent controls. Whenever you put one or more counters on a creature you don't control, tap that creature and goad it. It gains trample until your next turn. So, um, off the bat, I don't like love it or anything because you're giving protection to some other creature that might be a problem, which... Then again, it is being goaded, but it's only goaded for one turn. So, like, I don't know. I mean, it's a cool little controly effect in a way, I guess, with goad, but giving a shield counter to, like, another creature that you don't control. It's kind of a political effect as well. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Just I'll put this out there. I'm not sure exactly how much, like, minus one, minus one counters are available in Bant colors. I don't think there's that many, but if there were a good number of those... Um, it's, I mean, Kroos only cares about a counter of any type, so I guess even a plus one, plus one counter is, like, not the worst, because they don't have, you know, that protection that the shield counter grants, so, like, I think if you're building this deck, it's definitely not going to be, like, shield counter, tribal, or, like, focusing on that, you're going to want to use some other kind of counter that's not, like, actively detrimental to, like, removing the creature. What do you think, Sedalia? Yeah, I think uh, putting in maybe stuff that gives them evasion would be solid in order to like just pump damage to your opponents. But I think the kind of a group huggy aspect of this commander doesn't really spark too much interest in me. I like, like, I think the best group hug, group hug effects are the kinds that like each of your opponents gets one thing and you get three things. So you kind of get ahead there. But uh, this is... It's an interesting card, but uh, nothing too interesting for me personally. Uh, what about you, Duke? Having this the deck, it certainly caused some banter at the table. <laughs> All right. Um, so with that, with that being said, there's one or two cards specifically from the precon that we wanted to talk about. Um, Sedelia, why don't you get us into one? Of, I think you had one that you wanted to talk about specifically. Yes. Uh, one of the cards that actually I am going to play test. I wish it was in foil, but the card in uh, I'm gonna speak about this shield broker, uh, a five mana mono blue creature, three four. Uh, when it ETBs, put a shield counter on target non commander creature you don't control. You gain control of that creature for as long as it has a shield counter on it. Uh, as many of you might remember, my main deck is a Thassa deck which focuses around on blinking, stealing stuff, copying stuff. So uh, this is like. Yeah, this is like such an awesome card for it. Uh, notable that even though if Shield Broker is removed, uh, the cards, the creatures still stay under your control because they only care about the uh, shield counter. So even if you play this onto the battlefield, you steal one thing. At your end step, you flicker it. Uh, you get to steal another thing. And they have that kind of a layer of protection with the shield counter. Or even if you want to steal something that is super detrimental or you can get value of like maybe a Dockside Extortionist, you can steal it, and at your end step with Thassa, for example, you can then flicker that creature, it loses the shield uh, shield counter, but it returns under your control, so you get to keep it. So uh, a very, very nice uh, card, because this similar kind of effect, like stealing creatures with a condition, are like Sower of Temptation, and uh, Mind Flayer, or I think it's called Mind Flayer, the five mana from uh, the D&D set that like, as long as you control that creature that stole it. So this is a super fantastic card, and I think it's the most interesting card in the set for me personally, or rather the deck. Uh, what do you think about it, Duke? I dislike it. I dislike what you plan to do with it. It's all <laughs> horrifying. Get it, get it out of it. 
Um, and I'm going to take the floor on this because I don't want to hear any more about this shenanigans. I was about to say, I think this <laughs> next card, you specifically would like to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> so there's a little known card out there from Ikoria called the Ozolith. Right. S- and it's hit. very similar to this new card. Uh, resourceful defense and enchantment of free CMC. When a permanent you control leaves the battlefield, if it has counters, put those on counters on target permanent you control. You can also pay 5 mana, 4 and a white. Move any number of counters from target permanent you control to another target permanent you control. As I said, I like Ozolith, I like Modular. They have witch shenanigans together. This helps supplement that quite a bit. I admittedly don't know the full re- like, the full ruling on what happens if you have this and an Ozolith, because they both want to take the counters. I don't think they double up, I'm going to have to research that, but if they do... I'm going to have to add this to most of my modular decks. <laughs> Just triple up on all the counters ever. It's kind of ridiculous. Oh, Lord. Yeah, that's um, pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. It's cool to see why you're getting effects like this, too. So, um, all right. Exactly. Um, moving on here to the next deck. Um, I'll take the face commander. So this is the Cabaretti Cacophony deck. Um Face commander here is one Kit Canto Mayhem Diva. Four mana for a 3-3 Cat Bard Druid. Um, whenever Kit Canto enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 green and white citizen creature token. At the beginning of combat on each player's turn, you may tap two untapped creatures you control. When you do, target creature that player controls gets plus two, plus two, and gains crample, trample until end of turn. Goad that creature. Um, so Lots of goad. There's a ton yeah. of goad. We're gonna see that it's like a recurring theme through like the I think for like for all time from now on, they really like goad. They like putting goad in, in a lot of stuff. So um off the bat, Kit Kanto is, you know, she is cool, I think. Um also has that same effect. Um kind of for me, like oh I can't I forgot the name of the like Kroos, where it's like you're you're benefiting your opponent almost in a way because like even if even if the creature is goaded um you're well i don't know i guess i'd have to consider it more really my thoughts on it i'm just not a big fan of stuff like this i guess i'd rather just be proactive on my own board and this doesn't feel as proactive but it's cool still so i'd have to agree yeah same thoughts here not much to add like in general like i think the way they pump goad here is uh, they want to emphasize board presence here and they want you to kind of turn your own opponent like your opponent's boards against your other opponents and create like a fun gameplay dynamic that way which I can see like these four precons for example playing each each other can be a really good experience but as a standalone card uh, just having gold that doesn't do super super much feels kind of meh to me at least yeah um, Duke, why don't you cover the, the next legendary, or I guess the other, the alternate, or the, yeah, just the next card, whichever one you want to talk about. Can do. Okay, let's talk about Fabane, Fabin? So- something. Boss is confident, that's what I'm going to say. Uh, 6 CMC, 3-6, legendary cat advisor. Creature tokens you control have haste, okay, that's fine. Parlay, at the beginning of combat on your turn, each player reveals a top card of their library. For each land card revealed this way, you create a 1-1 one, one green-white citizen to creature token. Then creatures you control get plus one plus one f- until end of turn for each non-land card revealed this way. Then each player draws a card. I think this could have been really cool as a sort of parlay sort of deck until each player draws a card. I know that's part of parlay, but with Sylvala, with the other main parlay commander... That's a choice, ain't it? Like, you tap to activate that, if that would go. Yeah, this one's yeah. forced you do, you do tap this to time. Activate, yeah. So, it, it's a political effect. And, of course, depending on what you hit, you get a, a bunch of little counter like, tokens. But there's not a lot this commander lends itself. More so, it, I feel like it doesn't give itself as much of an advantage as you you'd want other players to get as well. Yeah, I I agree. Like the last part kind of makes it or kills it in the sense, uh, even though it wouldn't bring too much, uh, even without the draw card. Like it's an okay thing. I think the creature tokens gain haste is a cute aspect, but it's just expensive for what it does. So I don't like. I love I love it being 
a cat it's a cool art and I just like the colors overall like Naya is super sweet but it just doesn't do it for me at least yeah I personally I I think I, I like this card a little bit more than both of you but it only has to do with the fact that I really like parlay as an ability as much as I hate giving opponents resources and giving opponent like drawing cards for other for like my opponents I do I like parlay just in general as ability but I think that probably stems from my time I played the green white Silvala um for like four or five years when paradox engine was legal and i would just like cast a silence mm -hmm. and like churn through my entire deck with parlay and i like... was gonna say i don't believe you mono red until you <laughs> said paradox engine yeah <laughs> um and so i think my opinion on parlay is a little skewed from that what i will say though about this is i'll kind of echo what you guys said i dislike that it's there's it's not optional it's not a may ability it's just you're drawing effectively you're drawing your opponents you know three cards per turn and um yeah i don't i don't like that because it is forced um but anyway i digress um uh Sidelio, there's one more legendary in this deck why don't you uh, talk about it with us sure so we have best soul nourisher uh three mana for a one one human uh, citizen the 1-1 one -one is relevant here because the card focuses around those whenever one or more other creatures with base power and toughness 1-1 one -one enter the battlefield under your control, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on Bess, and whenever Bess attacks each other creature you control with base power and toughness 1-1 one -one gets plus x plus x until end of turn where x is the number of plus 1 plus 1 counters on Bess. Uh, it's a pretty cute design, like I do like this card more than many of the other commanders we've kind of talked about I'd like to see what kind of builds people do for this, uh, because most of the tokens you can create uh, in masses are like one ones. So technically, if you play, for example, one of those X spells that make you one one soldiers or whatever, and you make like five of those, uh, this this dude gets uh, so many counters on it, and then you're you're gonna have a big board swinging. So I think. That's pretty sweet. Oh, but, oh no, it's one or more other creatures enter. Oh, that makes it so much worse. I take my words back. That dreaded ball. Oh, yes. I was so excited for a moment, but... Gotta go slow. I still, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, I think the design is still sweet, but that one or more other, oh man. So many cards have this line and it makes so many cards worse, so I don't know. What do you guys think? It also makes so many cards fair. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, um, I actually quite like Bess. She, I have a Kyla deck over in low, and this would play pretty similar to that. Sure, Kyla benefits from every card you play that turn, but there's definitely ways to make tokens on other people's turns enough that you can get quite a lot of value, I would say, out of Bess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a fair point. Okay. Um, I don't really have anything to add. She's she's cool, but one or more is the or more is is kind of brutal to like doing really. In that really case, fun got stuff. any cards you want to talk about from the set? Um, I do. Deck even? I do actually. There's uh, one that I really want to talk about. Unsurprisingly, it is mono red. Um, this is a sorcery called Seize the Spotlight. Three CMC. Each opponent chooses fame or fortune. For each player who chooses fame, gain control of a creature that player controls until end of turn. Untap those creatures and they gain haste. Until end of turn, for each player who chose fortune, you draw a card and create a treasure token. Um, I like, um, I like it in general. Um, I do think a lot of people initially with this, um, when, when this card was spoiled, were like, "Oh, everybody's gonna choose fortune. You're gonna draw so many cards, make treasures, yada yada yada." I'm not too convinced that that's gonna happen, simply because. The fame choice is only until end of turn. So, like, I mean, sure, if somebody has, like, a big Eldrazi Titan or something and they don't want to get hit with their own attack trigger, they might give you a card and a treasure token. But I think, in general, people are just going to give you, you know, give you, like, sure, take one of my creatures till the end of the turn, whatever. Um, so, I do like it. I think it's a really cool card and, like, has some cool applications. But it's not, like, going to be some amazing ritual and, like, draw three cards that people were initially hyping it up to be. So, um, what do you think, Sidelia? Yeah, I think uh, I do like the card. It was actually one of my picks, uh, mainly because 
the decks I would play this in would be like sacrifice decks. So you kind of put your opponent into a point where they it's a lose-lose situation. Like either they give you a card and a treasure token or they give you a creature which you can then like uh, sacrifice for value, for example, or stuff like that. So I think it's a nice card because it's three CMC. If it was at four or higher, then I think it would be unplayable. But at three, it feels nice. So I do like it. Sweet. Um, Duke, I think you had a there's I think there's a card in this deck that was also one of your picks that we might talk about here real quick. That is correct. And I do like me some uh, mono white instant speed interaction. We have Grand Crescendo, X double white for instant speed. Uh, create X one one green and white creature to creature citizen tokens. Creatures you control gain indestructible to end of turn. So there's a little card called a heroic intervention that's everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is very similar to that, but it makes tokens instead of hexproof, which you can argue yes or no. A lot of people do use it for indestructible in responses to board wipes more so than hexproof. So I think the hexproof is fine, you can lose that. And this can just be a board state available at any time. I think it's a really cool card. Yeah, I like it. Super strong, super cool. We'll probably see it played a good bit, I would expect. A couple of mine for sure. Oh yeah. Um, moving on here, the next deck, Sedelio. Uh, if you want to get us into that one. Sure. So we have Maestro's Massacre, Maestro, Maestro. My English isn't the best. Maestro, uh, Maestro, Maestro. Thank mm-hmm. you. So uh, the Face Commander is, I think, one of the favorites overall that people have. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Unhell of the Painter, which is Grixis mana for a one three. Uh, has death touch which can be relevant but the main line of text the first instant or sorcery spell you cast each turn has casualty too and as a reminder about casualty uh, as you cast that spell you may sacrifice a creature with power two or greater so for example if it's casualty three the power would be half to three and so on so forth when you do copy the spell and you may choose new targets for the copy the fact that makes this card super nice is that it's each turn, not just each of your turns. So if you're making some two power stuff that you can sacrifice to it uh, on your opponent's turns, if your opponent casts something detrimental that you want to counter, hey, you can cast a counter spell and then you can sacrifice one of your creatures and then you copy that so you get like additional value for that. Or even like just consider Jessica's will and stuff like that. You can just pop off out of nowhere really explosively and it's in Grixis which is like one of the best color combinations overall so I do think this card packs a lot of power and justifiably so people do like it. Uh, what do you think about it Duke? I think every deck that has an aloe probably wants Tower End yeah. because each time you cast you generate a new token. Oh yes, yeah, for that's sure. so nice. Notably you can only cast, you can only do the uh, casualty as you cast, so you can't sack the token you immediately create, but you can definitely like set up to keep the chain going per turn. Yeah, you can you can keep fueling like future casualties. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of potential in the commander. I'm interested to see because it's a generic effect, which means there's going to be a lot of variety in terms of what people build with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on here, Duke. Why don't you get over uh, to the next commander? Okay. Here we have Panes. Panes? Panese? Panes, the subtle brush. 5 CMC, 4 4 vampire wizard. Whenever you or permanent you control becomes a target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, counter that spell or ability unless that player plays for life. Effectively ward 4 for you and your uh, permanents. Whenever you copy a spell, up to one target opponent may also copy the spell. They may choose new targets for the copy. It's another one of those, like, political group hug cards that we've like it seems like every deck has one of those so far mm-hmm. yeah yeah this can be pretty fun depending on what you're casting you have to make sure the spells you're casting you get more value out of so maybe a bit more specialized in terms of what you want like if it's a grave deck you could probably build a decent one out of that like a reanimator but i don't know i the fact that it's giving again more stuff to your opponents I'm still a bit iffy on. It just depends on what you do with the deck. Yeah. As a commander on its own, I'm not a big fan. 
Necro, whatever you. I'm I'm interested to see what people do with it, but at face value, I'm not like super interested. I will say that I do like the fact that you only the opponent only copies the spell if you also copy it. So like you can still use counter spells and removal like freely without like having to worry about getting blown out or something. Um, and so you can you can definitely pick and choose really easily about like what cards you're copying. But yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what people do with it. I myself am not interested really to do with any anything with it. Just it's just not like the whole political almost group huggy like I'll I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine type thing. It's it's just really not up my alley. So cards like this never really hit very well for me. But you know, to each his own. Um, <clears throat> moving on here to the last legendary creature in this deck. I know a lot of people were really hyped about for good reason. This is uh, Cyrix, Carrier of the Flame. A 4-mana Rakdos Colors 3-3 Phoenix with Flying Haste. At the beginning of each end step, if a creature card left your graveyard this turn, target Phoenix you control deals damage equal to its power to any target, and whenever another Phoenix you control dies, you may cast Cyrix, Carrier of the Flame, from your graveyard. So, Legendary Phoenix, Phoenix Tribal, is pretty solid. I don't think there's there's not a whole lot of Phoenixes out there, so I think this is definitely a deck, like if you're building Phoenix Tribal, you're using Changelings or... Um, I think Conspiracy is the only one in this color combination that changes um, uh, creature types, maybe Maskwood Nexus as well. Um, so playing those and then maybe playing some big some big fatties so you can, you know, reanimate stuff and deal damage to things. And like, I don't know, it seems cool. A lot of people are building it. So uh, what do you think about it, uh, Sidelio? I think I do like the second part of the text the most, like, aside from Flying Haste, so the damage part, and it's any target, so I think it's kind of neat, but as you said, there's not too many Phoenixes overall, and uh, I think this would be better off built not as a Phoenix tribal, but something that does play the Phoenixes, but is more centered about, like, uh, for example, reanimation due to the second line of text, and then just using, for example... Uh, the three powers Cyrix already has as a token of like pinging your opponent's creatures down or stuff like that. So it's an it's an all right card, but uh, for for comparing to this, uh, for example, uh, Anhela from the same deck, I think Anhela just takes the spotlight so so hard. It's it's hard to just give all the uh, kind of uh, glory to Cyrix, but it's a it's nice to have a Phoenix commander. All right, um, Duke. I think there's a. I think we we talked about a, there's a card in this deck that you kind of wanted to go over. That is correct. For once, I'm picking a mono black card. A bit unusual out my side, my colors, but here we Spicy. go. Spicy. Body count free CMC for instant with spectacle. Pay you can pay a black if a opponent has lost life this turn. Draw a card for each creature that died under your control this turn. Mono Black likes this sort of stuff. It has ways to blow up its own board or sacrifice, and this this fills up your hand pretty swiftly. Especially oh, if yes. you sacrifice like it doesn't even take too much. Like if you sacked two two cards, free CMC draw two cards. That ain't bad. Especially if you can turn it to one CMC just by attack like hitting someone. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I think it's quite a potent card. I'm I'm slamming it in my Rakdos Reanimator, and I might play it in a deck that we're going to talk about a little bit later, um, for a card that I was really excited about. But I there is one last card to talk about. It is mono red, but I'm gonna I'm actually gonna pass it over to Sedelio to talk about because I know he's really excited about it. So why don't you sure, pick that up? Thank for you. Us. <laughs> uh, just as a side note to the body count, uh, also noteworthy that as it's an instant. Uh, if you sacrifice those things to like Ashnal's altar or stuff like that, uh, you can still like cast the body count, and before losing your mana, you can just use that for the stuff. Oh, and also like maybe using if you use Plum the Forbidden or just like uh, other sacrifice draw cards, and then this in conjunction, you get to draw so many. It's super sweet. But the card uh, Mono Red Determined Iteration, so a two mana enchantment. Two mana cards are nice. At the beginning of combat on your turn, populate. The token sacrifice this way gains haste. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next step. Uh, simple effect. I love the art. Um, 
even if you're making tre treasures with this, it's still like two mana enchantment create a treasure each turn. And not even speaking of if you have like other ways of creating tokens that can like slam down your opponent, maybe with the kiki jiki or something. Uh, this card has a lot of potential and it's super flexible, so uh, I do like it. Uh, what about you, Necro? Um, yeah, it's uh, he's pretty pretty solid. I I like the card a lot, as you pointed out. Being um, two mana um, is really sweet, and I didn't notice that at first, but super low cost enchantment. Um, yeah, I like it. Super cool. Uh, just as a note, I did misspeak. Uh, it has to be a creature, so unless your treasures are a creature also, you can't do that, so uh, my apologies on that part. It would but be still... impressive to make creature treasures, considering <laughs> the zero CMC. Oh, but maybe there's a way, maybe there's a way. Rise and there's, there's definitely treasure creatures out there, but <laughs> making tokens of them, it's like that's a... <laughs> if you can pull it off, go, good on you. Moving on, uh, Necro, why don't you get us over to the next deck? Sure. Um, so the next one is going to be Obscura Operations. This is the Esper-colored precon deck. Uh, the face commander we're looking at is going to be Kamiz Obscura Oculus. Four mana, two four for a Cephalid Rogue. My favorite tribe there, Cephalids. Don't get enough love. Um, Hell yeah. Whenever you attack, target attacking creature can't be blocked this turn. It connives. Then choose another attacking creature with lesser power that creature gains double strike until end of turn. So just a reminder, I don't think we've reminded this yet, but to connive, a creature conniving, um, you um, draw a card, then discard a card, and if you discard a non-land card, you put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature. So conniving is, like, really cool, really, really hot new ability. Um, Kamiz, off the bat, I'm a big fan of it. Connive obviously provides really good advantage, and then... The double strike is um, can be pretty brutal. There's a one of our staff members has a Kamiz deck put together already, um, and it was actually pretty scary. It's like some whenever this creature deals combat damage, the defending player discards a card, and then giving it double strike and all this kind of stuff was like, oh crap, this is a problem. So right. Kamiz is pretty cool. What do you think about it, uh, Duke? I don't know. Like connive to me is good. I like Knife. This sort of effect, especially in Esper, like where it wants to attack, I don't know. Like, obviously, decks make it work, but for me, I just don't think it's very good. But that that's just down to my own personal preferences with how I build decks. You can definitely make it work, for sure. It's just a bit strange to me. How about you, Cedalia? Um, Nothing much to add. Uh, I think it's an interesting design, but... Uh, I'd like to see those on-combat damage shenanigans. I think it's a sweet space, but overall, I'm a little meh. There is another commander in the in the deck, though, which I do like a lot do more. Do tell. So we have my namesake card. We have Oscar Rubbish Reclaimer. So a 5-mana uh, uh, Dimir uh, legendary creature, Human Wizard, 3-3. Three, three. Human Wizard would be the tribes I'd put if I made a card out of myself. It would be Human Wizards, because wizards are my favorite thing, and I also happen to be a human. Uh, <laughs> so this spell costs one less, uh, one generic less, to cast for each different mana value among cards in your graveyard. Whenever you discard a non-land card, you may cast it from your graveyard. So this has that Tazigur kind of effect where you can cast it for just Dimir colors, uh, or Dimir mana, if you've like discarded or filled your graveyard already. And also the second part, like there are a ton of cards that let you draw X cards and then you discard X cards. There happens to be like Connive, which is a cool new mechanic, as you may know. Uh, there's lots of ways to like turn those cards you discard into value and also just like filling your graveyard, maybe casting some reanimation stuff. Uh, I like the card overall. I think it's super cool, and it's one of those cards out of the precons that I'd likely build if I were to build one of these. Uh, what do you think about it, Necro? Um, yeah, he's uh, he's pretty cool. I have to say, I'm not. Maybe I'm just having like a less creative morning, but I am having kind of a hard time figuring out like what you do with him. Um, I mean, you can discount you can discount him. You can you know enable the uh, casting from the graveyard and stuff. But is he just like 
sack fodder or like what are we doing with them did you have it sounds like you've thought a lot about it did you have ideas on that uh not like i haven't thought about it too much it's more of like it's if i would build it for it would be like lower mid power so not necessarily like uh, like for example with tasigri you can just neoform it into like seven mana awesome stuff and you could also just like turn this into something if you were to do that route but in these colors i think it's mostly just like gaining value out of the cards you discard so you essentially turn draw two discard two cards into like positive card advantage through those spells that you discard for example i see okay what do you think about it duke there's definitely some strange things you can do with this card that Esper doesn't typically have full-on discard themes, and this definitely has it. You could utilize some weird cards like Unfulfilled Dreams, for example. Pay one mana, pay one life, draw a card, and choose, then choose and discard a card, and then you can just play that card. And there's just... It, it's quite janky as an effect for what it is, I would think. Yeah, yeah Demir has this sort of stuff they can do, but it doesn't really make itself shine compared to the other Demir mill discard commanders in my opinion. I will I will add on to this though. If you ever wanted the deck to uh, play Lionside Diamond in, now you have the best place for it. So I'll oh just put God. it out there. If you want to use Lionside Diamond, you now have stuff to do with it. So there are some more explosive stuff you can also do with it. But mostly for me, it's just like it's fun to do graveyard shenanigans. Like, I discard this, I cast that, I go back to this and do this thing. So uh, I might be a bit like little biased with this, but I do like the card. All right, there's a yeah secondary commander here. Uh, Duke, if you want to cover that one. Sure can. Here we have Tivet, Seller of Secrets, 6CMC, 6-6, Flying Ward Free, Council's Dilemma. Whenever Tivet enters the battlefield or deals combat damage to a player starting with you, each player votes for evidence or bribery. For each evidence vote, investigate. For each bribery vote, create a treasure token. While voting, you may vote an additional time. We finally have the voting commander, Council Dilemma. And it's quite a potent one, I would say. Yeah, super sweet. Super sweet. The amount of tokens you can get from this every time is kind of terrifying. All you have to do is just play it, and then suddenly you have four tokens of artifacts, no matter what you pick. I'm going to highlight Time Sieve as a very strong card here. Yeah. Because <laughs> all you need is one more like artifact, and then you can just keep playing it over and over, get your extra turns. And again, it's when it's combat damage to a player, so it keeps getting to do this nonsense. And to head up, that card is definitely one we're going to be keeping an eye out for in terms of decks and power. So I'm highlighting it for like high power, I would say. High. I, I don't know if it can make max. Maybe. No. I'm no expert. No, I don't. I don't think it has the legs to make max. It's just too slow. But. Um, yeah. But this and Time Civ and Academy Manufacturer has just infinite turns, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah throw time seven and academy manufacturer in there and it's pretty sweet <laughs> yeah and also i think just like march of the machines or rise and shine yep. i think it's super it's super fun with this and like rise and shine is just there's something about like just useless artifacts just swinging in as creatures that i like it's it's super it's fun. very toy story you don't know the meaning of terror until someone swings at you with 57 clue tokens yeah it's a uh, rise and shine is very toy story-esque and it um yeah it's, yeah it's, i like it it's a fun card um okay there's a there's a card in this there's there's one really big card in this pre-con that we're definitely going to talk about um i'll leave it up to you guys to fight about it whoever wants to talk about that card um <laughs> i'm gonna talk about my one of the cards that i really like from this which is lethal scheme so it's a uh, four four mana black mono black instant two colorless and two black, and it has convoke. Um, everybody, I think, knows what that is, but you can tap a creature um, to pay for one of the colorless costs. So potentially this could cost two black, um, and it says and also of that creature's color. Right, it can also pay for the creature's color. That's right. Um, destroy target creature or planeswalker. Each creature that convoked lethal scheme connives. So. 
off the bat, I don't like specifically hate a four mana destroy target creature or planeswalker instant speed. Um, I'm thinking of cards like um, I think Vraska's Contempt is like exile, but it's sorcery speed and was like five mana or something like that. I could be wrong. Don't quote me. Anyway, a four mana instant speed destroy target creature of planeswalker. I don't think is the worst. It's not like it's not the best by far. And there's a lot there's a lot of removal out there that's better. However, slotting this into your deck and then being able to connive a creature like Convoke Creatures to reduce the mana cost and also connive to draw cards and fill your graveyard, potentially if you're in mono black, I think this card is really, really, really strong, personally. I'm a big fan of it. Um, what do you think about it, Sidelio? Mm, I think it's it's a really interesting card. I love the art, and it's one of those things that I'll have to keep an eye on how it kind of shapes out because even in mono black there's a lot of zero cmc and one cmc removal that's super good so i think what's gonna highlight this card is you have to be able to make a wide board that you can use for for example playing this for zero mana or stuff like that and then abuse the connive itself so it's an interesting card and i like the fact that the like highest cost you'll ever have to pay for it is four mana by default so if you can't convoke at all, you can still cast it as a removal spell. So I'm interested to see how it shapes out. This card's definitely going into my Jadar Gulkolonophalia deck. Oh yeah. Being able to utilize more of the uh, tap side of things when it comes to the Decay token. This just oh, seems really yeah. excellent for this sort of thing. Yeah, I, I, nice. I'm a big fan of the card. Yeah, I think it's super cool. Um. So I think uh, we, we have that one other card to talk about. Um, I'll leave it up to you guys, whoever speaks. This is like the big card for the whole the whole pre-cons. Who wants to, who wants to take it? Oh, I'll very take it. Okay, maybe we can share the card. So the card in action is Smuggler's Share. Uh, I think... If you've listened to our past podcasts, if you've checked out the pre-cons beforehand, this is probably the card that you've seen highlighted the most. So Smuggler Share, uh, three mana white enchantment, which says at the beginning of each end step, draw a card for each opponent who drew two or more cards this turn, then create a treasure token for each opponent who had two or more lands enter the battlefield under their control this turn. Mono white ramp and card draw. Right. No, no and, wonder it's quite the popular card going about. Yeah, and if you look at this in the context of of like higher power stuff, uh, brainstorm is something that's uh, played a lot and similar effects. Uh, you have fetch lands, so if your opponent plays a fetch land, uh, they crack it. They get a second land onto the battlefield. So uh, surprise, surprise. Then you make a treasure token, and as it's each end step, it's constantly online and your opponent can't like really play around it for example they can't really wait until for example their turn if it was limited that way rather it's online cur like all the time so i think this is one of those cards that has the same effect as like uh, uh oh my god i have a break. what's the for for cmc i'll, I'll talk this part again yes mothering time thanks so i think this card has the same kind of effect as mothering tithe where i think if you're in white, you'll very happily play this card. And if you see it in your starter, I think it's going to be one of those hands that you want to keep because this card packs power. Uh, what do you think about it, Duke? Depending on the table, if there's definitely an uh, opponent that's going to ramp or going to draw multiple cards as it comes along, this is going to be a high-value destruction target for me. It's so much value in such a small package in terms of that CMC and how much you can get from it, potentially. I'm definitely trying to get rid of this thing as soon as I see it. Unless it's on my table, of course. In which case, leave it alone. <laughs> um, me, personally, I, I'm i still holding my breath a little bit on it to see how good it's going to be. I know against me, whoever plays this card is, is going to draw more cards because I basically habitually draw more than one card per turn i just love drawing cards i don't often play more than one land so i think kind of to echo what you said duke i think depending on the table you're either going to get one or the other benefit like more often and then 
in the right situation both um it is a little bit limited obviously because it's mono white in that it says um two or more excuse me um two or more like draw two or more draw uh, yeah who drew two or more cards this turn or two or more so like you don't get it for each one beyond the the, the second one um which is fine i guess um but yeah so I'm, I'm holding my breath a little bit on how much i like it and how strong i think it'll be um i don't think it's going to be as warping as like um smothering tide for example it's in the same vein um but not nearly as gross um so yeah. yeah but really cool card i i am a fan of it and i'll probably play it so so moving on to the last deck here is going to be riveteer rampage the jund colored commander or commander deck uh Sidelio, why don't you talk to us about the face commander sure uh we have uh henzi toolbox tor which is uh jund mana for a 3-3 devil rogue uh, each creature spell you cast with mana value 4 or greater has Blitz. The Blitz cost is equal to its mana cost. So Blitz says you may choose to cast that spell for its Blitz cost. If you do it, it gains haste, and when this creature dies, draw a card. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. Henzi also says Blitz costs you pay cost 1 generic less for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game. So it's a pretty interesting design, I'd say. Like... I don't think there's been a similar design ever on a creature, or a commander rather. Uh, if you cast this for the first time, your blitz costs are reduced by one. So you can do like Dockside Extortionist for uh, one red, you get it, uh, then you can, it gets sacrificed at the end step, then you can reanimate it again, uh, stuff like that. So I think this has potential, like I'm interested to see what it does, but uh, like I think I think it's a super sweet card. but. I have a hard time of like putting what kind of a deck I'd like to build around this like precisely. Uh, what do you think about it, Necro? Um, well, first off, he only grants blitz to four CMC or greater creatures. So, all right, Ooh. I got too excited to. Yeah. Um, now that that the card explains the card, right? Except when it doesn't. <laughs> um, there. Yeah, I I'm not in love with it. I've 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 seen some people on the server saying like that the blitz discount should have been almost like an eminence type effect where it discounts it if he's in the command zone too um and i don't know how i feel about that i think there i think the design choice on this card is a little it's a little underpowered not something that i'm in love with um i think it just takes a little bit too much to get going however in these colors there's like you know common for like sacrifice themes and stuff like that so i think i think there is a there is a deck there is a build out there that you know someone could do that would that could be a lot of fun of like casting Hinzi a few times and like sacking him for mana to get really big discounts on some of your bigger like scarier creatures and then like let's say um you know casting what a uh, like bane of progress for two mana or something like that after you've <laughs> after you've cast him a few times it takes a lot of setup but i mean there's there's a home out there for it there's a deck for sure um, what do you think about it duke i actually quite like this card i think it's one of the most unique sort of um builds for a jund deck that you can get right now because mm -hmm. a lot yeah. of jund decks were sacrificed and although blitz does give it a sacrifice this has a different spin on that that i actually quite like I know, I'm a... I honestly quite like it. Sweet. If I was going to build another Jund deck, it may just be this guy. Sweet. That's sweet. Uh, moving on. Uh, Necro, why don't you take over to the next commander? Yeah, speaking of building Jund decks, I, I literally just finished building a Jund deck, and then I read this card again and was like, crap, now I need to build another Jund deck. Um, so this is the alternate commander, the Beamtown Bullies. Uh, four mana for a 4-4 four, four Ogre Devil Warrior with Vigilance and Haste. And it has an activated ability. Tap it. Target opponent whose turn it is puts target non-legendary creature from your graveyard onto the battlefield under their control. It gains haste. Goad it at the beginning of the next end step. Exile it. So, um, at face value, this wasn't something that like it didn't really strike me immediately. And then I read it again, and I was like, oh wait, let's start using all of like the red impulse draw like unexpected windfall and cathartic reunion and faithless looting to dump an eater of days into my graveyard or dump a leveler into my graveyard and then just give it to someone 
Um, oh. Absolutely hilarious. So yeah, I'm big fan of the bullies. I think it's really cool. There's a lot of cool applications, and I'm probably going to brew it up because it seems like fun. What do you think about it, Duke? I think that this has potential to be super rude. I don't know. I'm This sort of design is very difficult for me to pass. I'm not a big fan of it, but it definitely can pull off some shenanigans. Again, it's one of those cards that gives value to your opponents and goads it. A lot of those I'm just not really that keen on in terms of building. I will say I love the the typing because it refers to the other creatures in the art, the other bullies. Mm, right. How about you, Stelio? What do you make of the bullies? Uh, I think it's an interesting design, and I think uh, giving your opponent bad stuff is always fun. Uh, like, uh, like Bleem was a fun, uh, fun release. The comedic genius, I think. Uh, stuff fun like giving bad who? gifts. <laughs> fun for everyone. I'm like, it depends on the pod, of course. Right. But I think in those pods that I'd play in, uh, giving your opponents like a bad time can be a chuckle-worthy experience. Like when people don't get salty, but. I think especially for the player who's giving the bad gifts, like I have a Zedru bad gifts list and it's super fun. But I think this has the same kind of flavor and I love the art here. Yeah, I, I have a low Blim deck and this is going to play similar to it. And I like to just give the mono green or the Simic player aggressive mining and just say, have, have fun. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't play lands exactly. anymore. So anyway, yeah, super cool. Um, there is a... a uh, a last legendary creature in here. Um, Duke, I don't think you've talked about a creature from this deck yet. Why don't you jump into that with us? I have not. Here we have Jolene the Plunder Queen for CMC 2-2, human warrior. Whenever a player attacks one or more of your opponents, that attacking player creates a treasure token. If you'd create one or more treasure tokens, instead create those tokens plus an additional treasure token. Sacrifice five treasures. Put five plus one plus one counters on Jolene. Do you think they like treasures, this set? Maybe. Maybe. There's a lot of treasures going around. This card is, again, one of those ones which is giving value to other people. But if you can pull off some weird shenanigans with this card, I, I hear Wolfgar probably quite like this card. Mm-hmm. Because it'll trigger whenever mm. you attack, and I don't believe it triggers on whenever you... Whenever... Whenever someone else attacks them, I'd have to read up the rulings on that, but that's my first thought when I saw this card, being able to double up on that attack trigger to create more treasures. Mm-hmm. And Gruul, at this point, has a lot of treasures availability. I reckon she'll get quite strong very quickly, depending if you want to use 5 mana for that sort of effect. But yeah, I think she has a lot of potential, I feel. Yeah, I think something that kind of holds it back is um, like if you want to sacrifice five treasures for the counters, or you want to sacrifice five treasures for five mana, uh, it's fun to do that, like that kind of decisions. But as you said, uh, there has been a lot more support for treasures. Uh, we just got the enchantment that you can tap your lands to make treasures and stuff like that. So I think there is the support for Jolene. If Jolene was released, say, two years ago, I don't think it would be as exciting. But uh, overall... It's a nice take on a Gruul commander. You can benefit from treasures, but I wouldn't personally like build this. Uh, doesn't appeal to me personally. Uh, what do you think about it, Necro? Um, I think she's. Uh, I think she's pretty cool, and she's um, she's coming to take everybody's man, for sure. <laughs> so, um, moving on here, there's some there's uh, some cards in the deck we wanted to go over real quick. I'll uh, I'll jump into this one. This is going to be a mono green enchantment aura called Next of Ken. Um, enchant creature when enchanted creature dies you may put a creature card you own with lesser mana value from your hand or from the command zone onto the battlefield if you do return next of kin to the battlefield attached to that creature at the beginning of the next end step um barring any kind of like enchantment exile um or i guess creature being exiled or dying in a non-organically um a non-organic way um, this is hard to remove, and it has the potential to accrue a lot of value over the course of the game. Um, and being able to cheat something from your hand or from the command zone, I feel, is pretty cool. It does have to be lesser mana value, so like it's a little limited that way, but I like it. I think it's pretty sweet. What do you think, Duke? 
I'm actually quite a big fan of this one. There's definitely a lot of things you can do with this. I'm personally going to add this into my Ayula deck because obviously they'll have a similar next of kin sort of deal where they'll share the creature type. I think it's honestly just a really good card. Sweet. Was there a, was there another card? Uh, I think our last card, I think you were kind of high on it, dude, because you want to talk about it real quick? Uh, yeah, actually. We have Reign of Riches, 5 CMC enchantment. When it ETBs, create 2 treasure tokens. More treasures. The first spell you cast each turn that mana from a treasure was spent has Cascade. Mm. Now, there's a specific Rakdos commander I think everyone's talking about <laughs> that oh, this yes. card slots right into, yeah. and that's Kalein Reclusive Painter, yeah. <laughs> because whenever you sacrifice the treasure, you'll then put that into Cascade and then get plus one, plus one counters. I hear it's pretty good in Prosper as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this card is, like, it's interesting. Like, it's a mono-red card, but I think the support for the card is more so over to, like, the other colors, so... Something I do like about this is that you can put this into an EZ deck, you can put this into a Rakdos deck, you can put this to a Gruul deck, for example, with Jolene at the helm, I don't know. But like, uh, I think it's a pretty fun design, and Cascade is always wonderful. Like, You get random, random outcomes or somewhat random outcomes with some fun sprinkled in there, so I like the card. Yeah, pretty sweet, pretty sweet. Um, all right, so moving on here, this is the last little section we're going to try to wrap this up is the set booster exclusive cards. There's some pretty cool ones. Um, the main one that I really, really, really wanted to talk about and my my hands-down favorite card from the like entire um, the, the entire set, Streets of New Capenna, like main set, Commander product set boosted exclusives. This is my favorite card of all of them. Um, this is Marie the Killing Quill, a three mana mono black three two legendary creature vampire assassin. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, exile it with a hit counter on it. Assassins, mercenaries, and rogues you control have death touch, and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, you may remove a hit counter from a card that player owns in exile. If you do, draw a card and create two treasure tokens. So, <laughs> let me contain my excitement a little bit, because if I, if I talk really <laughs> fast, my throat hurts a lot. Um, she, I, I already brewed up a deck, I got it approved for low. She is, like, super gross with board wipes. She makes a ton, a ton of treasure and um, draws cards. Like, it has everything that I like about it and being relevant for um, three different tribes. And I believe someone might listening might correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this card is the first mention of mercenaries in, like, 20 years. So there's not a lot of great mercenaries out there, but it's cool they at least see that creature type pop up again on a card, like a newer card. So um, yeah. what do you think about it, Sedelia? Yeah, I think it packs power. Like you can see, like draw a card and create two treasure tokens is nothing to scoff at. Also the fact it's grave hate, if you kill your opponent's creature, it goes into exile where it's much harder to retrieve for, from. So I agree with what you said. It's a powerful card, and I think it's very fantastic to slot even into the 1990 of uh, some card, uh, some deck. I was going to say, this specifically, I think, goes into every Atrata deck ever made to get more hit counters on things. Ooh, right. And it... Spoilers! It works quite well with Anawan, because Rogue Tribal. Yep. Mm. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I think it's quite a scary card. I'm not looking to f going against this in your low deck. This this is my new low deck. It's going to be the only one that I have put together pretty soon. So I'm oh, I'm really looking forward to playing it. It's super cool. Um, so I think there's one other card in this this uh, section that we wanted to talk about. Uh, Sedelio, why don't you uh, get us into that? Yes, I'll happily talk about. So the last card we'll discuss today is from the set boosters uh, exclusive card boxing ring. So two mana green enchantment, sorry, two mana green uh, artifact. Uh, whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it fights up to one target creature you don't control with the same mana value. Also has tap create a treasure token. Activate only if you control a creature that fought this turn. 
I actually bought one set booster. Mainly I do that for each set just to like enjoy the cards. And I open this and I'm happy to put it into my Arabo list. I think this is best at home in like stompy decks that you can put big creatures into play and just for free fight your opponent's creatures. And also uh, there are certain commanders uh, that you can f like benefit from fighting. So I do like the design. I think the flavor on this card is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Duke, do you have any additional thoughts? Yeah, as you said, I'm quite a big fan of the flavor design for Nayef decks all over the place will probably want this card. Which yes. is a funny image of a like shaman trying to box in a boxing ring. Which <laughs> is fantastic to me. Definitely. Uh, Alright, uh, Duke, why don't you take... We actually have one more card we want to talk about, so Duke, please take us over there. Yeah, our final card for the day, we'll talk about Benny Brax, Zoologist, for CMC Elf Druid with Convoke. At the beginning of each end step, if you create a token this turn, draw a card. That's fairly simple to do in Mono White. Like, Smothering type, every time you get a Smothering type trigger, you draw a card. Every time you get any sort of little token here or there, you'll draw a card. Mono White's getting them card draw spells. I don't think anyone can argue that it doesn't have the options now. Yeah. 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 yeah Benny Brax is super, super cool. Um, yeah. Big fan of it. And Convoke is a cool mechanic. So anything with Convoke, I'm usually like, okay, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't think it's a card you have as the commander I think it's definitely more potent in the 99. I'm just hoping I can get a couple more copies before it goes up in price Yeah, definitely <laughs> Alright, um, well that kind of that concludes our Streets of New Capenna Commander product slash set booster exclusive cards review um, again there were plenty of other cards that we wanted to talk about that are like really cool in the pre-cons so if we didn't talk about one of your favorite cards be sure to hit us up on the discord um, you can find all of us at our at our handles and we're always active around the discord so be sure to you can ping me or whatever and be like what do you think about this card and I'll be happy to, to talk about it and gush over some of the cards with you but um, we want to talk about our favorites and things that we kind of like and are looking forward to so Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, if you if you made it this far, we really appreciate it. Um, let us know in you know on, I, I believe you can leave comments on SoundCloud. Um, we are, we're also like promote the the um, the podcast on Twitter and also on the Discord. Just let us know if you have any feedback about the podcast, like what we're doing, if you like it, or if there's things we could do differently. Um, we're really looking forward to hearing to hearing some feedback. So thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. See ya. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to Play EDH Radio 903.1. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a like or a 5-star review on your preferred platform. We'd also appreciate it if you could share our show with our friends or on social media. Consider supporting us on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash playedh. If you're already a patron, Thank you, your contributions make all of what we do possible. If you are not already a member, please take a moment to join our Discord. A link can be found on our website at playedh.com. There you will also find articles, interviews, deck techs, and more by members of our staff. Our opening credits music is Meanwhile Beyond, and our ending credits is Accelerated Dimensions. Both songs are by the talented Formless Voyager. You can find their work at soundcloud.com slash formlessvoyager and you can support them directly at formlessvoyager.bandcamp.com. All links will be available in the podcast description.